Hello, and welcome to the family that podcasts together. Uh, we're in the process of moving mom and dad, so we are sitting in different chairs this week, which are very noisy. So if you hear creaking, that is why, because we are very restless people. Mom will probably start tapping her fingers on the table at yep. some point. And we may or not may not be emptying out the pantry that can't go to my mom's house because she still lives in that area uh, in a time of uh, prohibition. So, um, oh, I guess I just said that we're moving to our parents' house. Uh, I'm a true tech guy. I'm gonna live in my parents' attic. <laughs> 48 years old playing Assassin's Creed all day. This is not the basement. It's not the, they don't have one. <laughs> so the attic is, for them, the attic is the uh, the version. But Dad was saying we are surrounded by a lot of glass. On so you're going to hear clicking on tables <laughs> and slurring of the Heinz dad. <laughs> all right. So this week, what are we, uh, what are we talking about? What's good about church? The good of church. Good. How church can be good when church was good. I mean, we're so we're totally drawn off our experience, though. Yes, but we've done a lot of complaining. We've done a lot of complaining. So we, we want to talk about the good. When was it good? Hmm. How could it be good? So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, maybe we should start with experiences? Like I mean, it has to be. Yeah. What what has been good? I mean, because that's all we can go from. Because yeah. in my experience, so I mean, really, the the discussion is, in my experience, mm-hmm. here's the good that I saw, was a part of, or felt, whatever. Yeah, y'all were excited to discuss it, so I think you guys should go first. See, it's always us. <laughs> And by y'all, you mean... I didn't mean you. I meant them too. Oh, I It was our idea. Okay. I've been pushing for it. Y'all just been around longer. And any good I would have, you would have created. I I think you'll be surprised about my favorite part. I'm kind of... As I sit here and think about it, it's probably good that I'm a little bit lubricated to think about it. I can think freely. Stop talking into your glass. (laughs) Dad's using his glass as a microphone. I am. I'm, I'm, we've been moving today. It is 110 heat index. I am dehydrated <laughs> and drinking 90 proof. So, <laughs> go ahead. I, I think when I think about what was good, which I was a kid, but growing up in the church that we were in, you guys were on staff, so I was there all the time, but we, we had a core group of the senior pastor, my best friend's parents were a part of it. Um, I guess my aunt and uncle were probably a part of it, but they were cell groups. And they y'all would meet during the week at somebody's house, but then it was also like the same group of people we would go out to lunch with on every Sunday. We would go to like the same Mexican restaurant every Sunday. It was like, we had to walk in and be like, we need a table for 15 people. But it was like, my best friend was there so we just kind of grew up with all of these people and i just remember feeling like these are my people like it was growing up with them it was the village i guess and i felt comfortable with all of those people and i I think that was a good experience of what community could be now that's from a i didn't know any of the background of it i was just a kid i would have been like seven eight nine at that point yeah, that group 
that group of people uh, was who we spent. That would have been our closest friend group. Yeah. At the time, it was who we spent our time with, the majority of our time so with. So that was cell group. <clears throat> yeah. But then Los Amigos Sundays, too. Like it was. Well, and no. then. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was your best friend, so you spent time at their house. Mm-hmm. And then Pastor Ken and Donita, you stayed with them every once in a while. You and Miranda both stayed with them. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we were in ministry together, but we were also friends. And, and I think that. Like, thinking back on that is what got me back into church now. Because now, Ethan and I are in, I hate calling it Sunday school. That's not the phrase it's they use, but that's yeah. just what my brain calls it. Well, we, we have a Sunday morning group. We get together after the first service and discuss the sermon. Like, how do we apply that sermon to our lives? But then, in the last two or three months, we've started going out to lunch with them every Sunday, too. And I, it's very reminiscent, because I had a moment of... I am the age mom and dad would have been when they were doing all of that with the cell group. So I I had that moment of, this is what I've been looking for, is these are my people. Um, So experiencing it as an adult has been pretty cool because now I'm like, this is is what we had. The difference being none of us are in church leadership, so we're not making any decisions, and it's a much bigger church. But it's that same, like, I meet with the girls every Thursday. We go out to lunch with everybody on Sundays um, sometimes we just get together and go for a hike or whatever have a game night and it's just like the, that old school phrase of doing life it, it feels like that it, it's a community like it's my community within the bigger church yeah that's been good so that's pretty recent well, and that, I mean, it's both. It's like I watched you guys do that. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't your experience. That's what you're perceived of our experience. Yeah. I agree. If you were going to ask me when church was good for me, it would have been that time period. Um, really just even the beginning of, of us getting reacquainted with church and um, really getting committed to church when we were younger um, it was good we had a lot of encouragement from the people there you know they loved us they, they took were, us in and they you know, were excited for us to be engaged at yeah. the age we were yeah because we were 24 or well 22 23 21 yeah yeah I mean they were very encouraging and you know encouraged us in whatever we felt led to do (laughs) they really were I look back (laughs) at some of that that sounds good (laughs) like I remember the first time because we you know we started off and we were doing like um we had a Sunday school class and but really we were like there's nothing happening for the youth, so let's do something with the youth. The youth asked us. Yeah, it's true. But we then, didn't come up with the idea. But we started doing this stuff. With them. We didn't know what we was doing. We was like, we found those talk sheets, is what they were called, and and we would just meet with them Wednesday night. It's like, okay, we're going to be in the building out back, and and so we told the people, was like, this is what I'm doing. They're like, awesome, do it. <laughs> and then we did that for a year, and we're having to spend money here and there, and we had no money. And so we're like, listen, we need a budget. And they're like, okay, we'll give you $250 a month. 
to do that. And then it wasn't a little bit later. It was like, yeah, we're going to pay you. And, and, but yeah, they were super encouraging. And that's when church was good because we had a purpose and we were excited about it and we felt like we were going somewhere. I mean, we enjoyed the kids immensely. We wanted to spend so much time with them, you know, and, and they enjoyed us and Alex enjoyed the kids and they enjoyed Alex. You know, it was like just a good fit for we our family. We were all figuring it out together. We were. We were learning together. We had no freaking idea what we were doing and knew it. Like, as dumb as we were, we were like, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> We went from three kids, three kids in our youth group. One of which is on staff at a church. Yeah. Now. And um, two of which are nothing to do with church whatsoever. <laughs> they could. We don't know. Uh, one's not. Um. Anyway, we started with three kids, and before we knew it, we had twenty, thirty. It just kept growing. One time we took 19 kids to Michigan. Which is crazy because we were in a church of like 50 people. Yeah. 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 And they, <laughs> a lot of the kids that we had were like... We were so stupid. We had 19 inner, kids. Inner city kind of kids. We had a 19 kids and us and luggage were way past the point of legal ramifications. <laughs> 19 kids, us, luggage for, what, five days worth of travel in a 15-passenger bus. <laughs> we had kids sitting on a wheel well. Which you, was that before, Ethan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you were like oh, 23. I, was like 20, I don't even know how we were insured to do this. <laughs> we may not Probably have weren't. This was pre, like, 15-passenger vans in the 90s became very, they were a problem. There were some wrecks and people, like, in the same situation, we were so bad. Yeah. We so, had so much fun. We had, we were so dumb. Oh God, I remember that first trip, <laughs> that trip, Muncie, Indiana. We were coming back, and Stephen was poking me in the back of the head for the last seventy miles. <laughs> we were all exhausted. Soon, oh, irritated, just hated everybody. <laughs> and as soon as we pull in the parking lot of the church, I. I throw that thing apart and jump over the seat and just wear him out. He was kind of family. So. Oh, he was. He was enough. He was from the very much from the same community as us, and I still see him from time to time. He, he's all right, but oh yeah, just exhausting, absolutely exhausting. Because he knew he was getting under my skin. And he's like, I'm gonna. He was. He was Pushing very the thorough. He was poking Pushing the, the bear. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I talked, I told you guys this, but I talked to one of your youth group kids. I don't think they were in that group, but eventual youth group kids who is now in ministry. Um, and they have four kids, four young kids. And they, they did youth ministry for a little bit and just kind of dragged their kids around with them. And somebody in their life kind of critiqued that and was like, you know, it's probably not good for your kids to spend all this time around teenagers. And they were like, well, Alex Himes turned out okay and she grew up surrounded by teenagers. But I was like, well, I did go into teaching high school, so watch out. Like, your kids might want to do that forever. There were some bad choices. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I said like, to her, I was like, teenagers are my favorite people because that's all I've ever known. That was a great group. 
The group yeah. that you were around, I, I think back to that group, man. I mean, they played with you. Oh, yeah. Like, they sat in the floor and played they with were you. Great they group. rolled you around they on really trash can wheels. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were an excellent group of kids. They were. And they were at our house, too. Like, it wasn't just at the church there. I remember one girl, I don't know what the situation was, but she stayed with us for a few days. Yeah. I just remember that she had colored contacts because she yeah. had put her finger on her contact and move it around, and it looked like her <laughs> eye was moving, and it freaked me out. Uh, she was a girl I picked up from. She was living with her grandmother for a was summer. Was that the redheaded girl? Not no. redheaded. But she, I thought she was the coolest person. There was somebody else a few years later that was. She was from CCA in that cl- same class, and I thought she was the coolest person ever. Like that, yeah. Oh, that that group of kids. <laughs> they were in, man. They were in, they were in. and we were like. It's so much fun. When you're stupid, it's fun. You don't know any better. Because you don't... (laughs) You you don't feel the pressure of... Do I have a booger? (laughs) There's no... There's no pressure when you don't know any better. Like yeah, yeah. You know, you don't know that you should feel the pressure. Yeah, you don't know (laughs) that there's all these expectations. Yeah. You don't have... We were so not religious... We were becoming right. that, but we were just like, we knew we didn't know what we were doing. We knew, like we knew that we were young enough, we had the same energy, but it was also new to us. Like, we were just going. And like, okay, let's just, that looked cool. Let's do it. Like, we were, yeah, and, and we, we just, weren't really fettered enough. I look back and go. They were letting. They gave us way too much leverage. <laughs> I don't think we hurt anybody. Oh, we screwed some kids up. I mean, <laughs> I mean, religiously, probably. Oh God, yeah, no. That, but that's but we not loved working. them. But I don't think anyone holds that against you guys. Like, no, because none we. None of your kids blame yeah. you. Because we, we still us. talk yeah. to them. Yeah. I mean, they still love us and tell us those kind of things every once in a while. Yeah. And yeah, I don't. We were working through it together, and that's what was beautiful. We I were working through. And I think that's the community. Yeah. Like, that's what the problem, the problem, we're not supposed to talk about that, but <laughs> that with church that I see is, and as the guy that was this person, is when you get into that position of the paid professional that knows everything. Yeah. And and I've I've been behind the scenes with these guys. Like, they don't. We all talked to each other and asked questions and wrestled things out and would bring hurts and, and all of this stuff to each other because you, could, you didn't have anybody else in your world. But, but we all knew we were just fake it till we make it. Yeah. And we're like, but you want to, as a leader, you're like, okay, I need to have this persona that people can trust in it. But really, behind the scenes, not in a a way that's being false or anything but just in a way of I want to give you more hope like you just kind of walk around with a swagger it's like I've got this figured out mm-hmm. and you buy into the system and some a lot of those guys I would I never really did it for a living so I didn't have to worry about it but those guys that did it for a living like they had to they had to have the answers and but you're sitting there working through questions all the time and well, I think what we're talking about is, is community. And one of our kids uh, was 
he was not in the original group, but pretty close to it. Just right there. Um, anyway, he's coming in my office with his child now. And he um, told me recently, he said, I hadn't been in church. And he said, my wife and I were visiting a church and we had been going for a good while. And his wife got cancer. And he said, I had called and asked for prayer. And he said, nobody called and asked how she was or asked about our family or how things were going. Nobody from that church called. He said, but people from the church that his wife grew up in mm -hmm. were calling like five times a week. Yeah. And he said, so when she got well enough, we went back to that church to visit, you know. And he said, and we just landed there because they cared for us. Yeah. You know, they called. And that's the community. That's what people are looking for. Mm -hmm. They are looking for people to care about them, you yeah. know. And, I, and, and that, we were very dumb and <laughs> ignorant. And we didn't know a lot of things. But we could love. And that's what yeah. we did. We loved those kids. And some of those kids that we had in our group were, would have been, labeled as unlovable yeah you know and um we loved the hard kids we did we loved the hard kids and, and, I, I, and we we still tend to do that and i think part of that community is like when you get more experienced in the church or really anything and you feel like you have to put on that persona of i have the answers then you just instinctively start putting up a wall because you don't want anybody to see the real struggle and you can't love people from behind that wall. But you yeah. guys were so dumb. <laughs> like, you didn't you we didn't like, have the energy or even thought to hide that stuff. So we just you were assumed just everybody knew that everybody had the same struggle. Right. And that, like, uh, I mean, the teaching high school, that's what kids respond to is you're being real. You know? And, right. And that's what a good community is. Because if you start going to a church and they're very focused on the production the production keeps it at a surface level mm -hmm. and you never see behind that wall of who people really are so you don't really have community you have a show right right <laughs> and yeah. that keeps it from be, being real and people don't want to come back to a show over and over and over right you know you get tired of it but when you make connections and you build community yeah you want to come back you know mm -hmm. and that's that's what we started and found in that church so the thing for me that i remember the fond memories i have are the old people i think about like we drove so our world was so weird <laughs> we did everything we did we could. everything we could we, we were just, so excited yeah and but like we did children's church so i would drive the bus in the morning we would pick up all the old people that didn't have, you know, transportation. And then we would get to church. We would go to children's church. Uh, or no, we would do a Sunday school class. And then we'd go to, we would do children's church. And then we would drive the bus home. Like, for a while, there was people didn't know I even went to church there unless they <laughs> rode the bus or were in children's church or had kids in it. But, like, didn't, we were on staff. And, you know, they didn't know we was around because we just were never in the service doing things. But um, I can remember just the times on that bus with those old folks, listening to them talk through life. And, you know, it was a lot of widows. 
so you you see them and, and hear the things, the life issues that they're talking about, what they see value in, the struggles that they have, people who, and it's not just people who were new to the church or just barely in it, like people that had been engaged, part of the builders of the church, and just listening to their stuff. Mm-hmm. And then even when they're with you, like they want to share their their values with you knowing what you do for a living or like the position you're in and they're like so you you kind of hear just their life lessons and I love that we were so and Alex rode the bus with us yeah and we were so young they just imparted their wisdom I mean they really did I learned they knew we were idiots yeah like they knew but they loved it but I learned how to make fried green tomatoes because of one of the ladies on the bus. <laughs> she told me how. She yes. like walked me through what it. Was that? I can't remember her name. She lived was she in Jackson House. Mm-mm. Oh. Um, and then and then when we were trying to get pregnant, I had a miscarriage while Randy was driving the bus. I had stayed at home because I was supposed to be on bed rest. And I called one of the ladies that he was going to pick up, and I said, he's going to come pick you up, and I need you to have him call me as soon as he gets there. Like, that was before cell phones Pre-cell and all that. Pre-cell phone days. Yeah. So nobody, you know, that was the only way I could get a hold, and she was like, okay, and that's what she did. I mean, and that's, so yeah. they, they went through. I don't through. remember that at all. Oh, my god. I don't gosh. remember you had somebody tell me that. I remember that, that I drove the bus. But yeah, I mean, they went through so many things with us. Yeah, our our life was like a big cushion almost. That's what it felt like. I mean, we were with the oldest people in the church. We were with some of the youngest the people babies. in the church, and then we were with the middle. You know, yeah. I mean, we were with all of those ages. I mean, at that point, we were probably a church of eighty people. <clears throat> at Maybe. the biggest, at the biggest, it was yeah. like yeah. Some of them had been there forever from the day the church was founded, like 40 years before that. Yeah. And then some were new because of the minister and all that, but yeah. <laughs> and I had been there 30 of the 40 years, or well, 20, 20 of the 40 years. But if you remember mine and Randy's story, I mean, we got married when I was 16, so. Like we literally, you think about it, a church that we grew up in that was very we just had this conversation actually right before we started this podcast about sex ed in schools and how to address issues of that to make well anyways just talking about sex ed and we you know we were in a church that was very much anti anything other than (laughs) making babies you know I mean in in a marriage context and we get pregnant as teenagers and they throw a shower for us <laughs> and are like Alex was the baby of the church and you know I had grown up there so I was one of theirs um, but I mean that community has brought us right in and, yeah yeah they did I remember I remember they um, threw a wedding shower for us and there was a lady there and old as the hills like, I don't even know how old she was, but she was really old. <laughs> and she brought me, <clears throat> she wrapped it up like a present. 
and she brought me this ceramic rabbit. It was a cute little bunny. It was so adorable. And she said, I couldn't go get you a gift, so I brought you something from my home. <laughs> and that just, I mean, that some blue? people would, no, mm-hmm. some people would think that was tacky, but it just yeah. broke my heart wide open. <laughs> and from that point on, I was like, yeah, this is the place. Because my Christian life, we had switched churches several times. So I we had never planted anywhere. Um, so it was really comforting. Yeah. Because I had been there since I was five. And at that point, so, I mean, it really wasn't, in the grand scheme of things, that was 11 years. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't that long. Yeah. I had never even thought about that before, but that it wasn't. Now, my grandma, so we ended up there because my grandma went to church there. Like, Grandma and Pavel Hines. That's how we ended up there, to a very charismatic church from a very Baptist church. Yeah. And so, but we were just, that was our family. I mean, that's. Yeah. I remember feeling like, like I had a lot of grandparents because the old people were just there. Like, I spent so much time with those people. Mm-hmm. Randy worked a lot back then when I was really big with you. I think I was like doing a month or something. Yeah. We, uh. Okay. I was pregnant. Anyway, I was. We were July pregnant though, so, you know. Yeah. I spent a lot of time with Granny and Papa, and we went to. I spent time with their friends. Mm -hmm. We went to. A couple of their friends and then there were other friends there and they were all betting on whose birthday you were going to land on <laughs> when you were born and they were yeah. oh, it's going to be my birthday no it's going to be my birthday because <laughs> there were like so many birthdays coming up it seemed like and it was like from the moment we found out nobody ever we didn't feel judged oh gosh no and we broke a cardinal sin. We did. I mean, I mean, like <laughs> you harlot. <laughs> yep. We never felt like we were looked down on. Not at all. Well, and I've I've heard stories of kids born in situations like that who feel judged just for being that kid. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have known as a kid that that could be something, but looking back, I never felt like anyone was whispering and, about anything or, you know. Well, and I mean, all reality, your lifelong friend has been, was in the exact same church, mm-hmm. in the exact same situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the same time. Yeah. So what's good about church? When the people are loving, <laughs> it's family. I mean, it's it's fam- family, yeah, and welcoming, and <laughs> not Ohana, but less, and less, yeah, full on fast and furious. More Val family. Kilmer than uh, I mean Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Val. We've talked the whole time, Ethan. Never, never well, we talked about all the pre-Ethan years. So yeah, apparently you haven't, he ruined. You haven't got okay. To <laughs> okay, so. Getting to Ethan. He was in there. Yeah. When Ethan, when we got pregnant with Ethan, <laughs> we were in the hospital and we couldn't do youth group that week because we were in the hospital. So the youth group got together and sent us a video of them saying, I don't know, 
welcome Ethan or something like that. Like, welcome to the world. It was a little video that they sent us uh, because we were in the hospital having you. Did they send you a VHS? Yeah, was it? No, I how don't know they how they did it. Oh, it had to be VHS. <laughs> In 1998. Honey, that would have been, I'm trying to think, because he was around. He didn't have a Hotmail yet. Because <laughs> one of the, I probably did. I guess one of I've the parents had, videoed it, maybe. I had Randy G. Hines for a very long time. But That's funny. You would have to ask it would have had to Kim, be Kim, because she did it. No, it would have been Kim. Oh, yeah. It, it would have had to been VHS, because when we TP'd, uh, Pastor Ken's house. <laughs> so one Wednesday night, we took the youth group <laughs> on his birthday. We took the youth group on a Wednesday night. His house in the was church in the church van <laughs> without asking any permission of any. We're so dumb of anybody. God, we would have gotten so much trouble now. We don't. We we're supposed to be in the building out back. We jump in the van. <laughs> We take, I don't know how many kids, we go TP the pastor's house. He hadn't been around. It's probably his first birthday there. He was young. He was like 30. And uh, we go TP his house. We video it on VHS. We have dad's huge camera. (laughs) We video it as we're TPing it. We come back to church. So it's like we've got 30 minutes to TP his house. We run. We just hammer that house they had a bunch of trees we hammer that house and we drive back to the church we hand him the videotape he's like watch this when you get home <laughs> how stupid is that <laughs> he was so mad oh my gosh oh, we thought it was, was hilarious it was and we so thought funny. he was gonna think it was so funny but he got so he mad at us so mad but Thinking back, I don't think it was as much about the house as the fact that we just jump in a van without asking any parents, without asking the board. We take a church vehicle, load up kids, leave campus, and come back. Yeah, you can't do that now. No, no. I would not suggest it at all. Here's one thing that happened, too. We, um, I think we were doing a D-Now weekend. And we had just moved into the yellow house on Bobo from the trailer. So we still had the trailer. So we did a lock-in for D-Now. And the boys stayed in the trailer and the girls stayed... At the house. At the house. So we had two points. We were in the midst of moving. Yeah. But the septic between the trailer and your mom and dad used to back up in the yard. (laughs) And the kids were playing in the rain. And they just thought it was puddles. And they got in that sewage. We're like rolling and jumping. No, they drug... uh, What was her... uh, Not Catherine. What was her name? I don't the, remember which one it was. Oh, dark, long, dark hair, Tina? brown eyes. No, no, it's for her. It was Kim's buddy. Uh, I don't know, but oh. what we did was I took them in my house. I made them strip all their clothes. I gave them clothes of mine and Randy's to put on, and I did laundry for like two hours because I couldn't send them home in sewage. Because. <laughs> They were dragging that one girl. They drug her. They down drug her through, through the, the sewage. And we're like, "Do you know what that is? Can you not smell it? Hasn't it hasn't really rained. <laughs> you see how gray. Like it, it is. wasn't that long after that, we had George came out and dug up the whole septic system and fixed it because it would just back up oh out my into. Gosh. It was like, uh, oh, I can picture her. Her oh, dark complexed 
long dark hair, brown eyes. She's got kids now. Does some kind of Etsy thing. I don't yeah, no, care. it's gonna drive me crazy. So, <laughs> so moral of the story: church is good when you've got a lot of teenagers and no responsibilities. No. Church is good when you're stupid. When yes. You're carefree. When you're, when when you're, you're stupid. not trying to be religious. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's really because oh god, we were so dumb. We had a lot of fun. So even. Yeah. When was church good for you? <laughs> Okay, fast forward about 12 years. <laughs> uh, you were there, there sir. Some of that, you were there. But he doesn't know uh, that. See, and to me, that I don't remember that as church being good. I was just hanging out with a bunch of random teenagers. One of them you called the kissy monster. Yeah. She's a teacher now. <laughs> um, well, the first one's easy for me. Church is good anytime I'm drumming. Because I like drumming. And second one, and I've thought about this. Uh, church is good when I'm alone. Because Alex and I have joked, well not joked, we've talked for a long time about how church for us is when we go camping. Oh. And like actually mom said, I think last week on the podcast, church for me is best when I'm at Lake Glendale sitting on the bench alone. That's not church. That's not, yeah, it's different. <laughs> that's a different definition. That's a I don't think that's I don't think that's church like that would not be. in the context of what we're talking about yeah. no but I don't know not you and Jesus you and the community of yeah like the believers. community of believers yeah when was that good never apparently never when he's drumming like, when he's drumming when he's, he's got on headphones and he's got behind headphones. plastic so <laughs> well. Probably first was good for you. First was good. When we went to First Baptist, I really enjoyed that. You had some buddies. Why? I mean, community. Same reasons. Worship was good. It was fun. That I was liked a, the people. That was a good time for us, too. That was a good time. I like now. Where we're at now. I like our group. I really like the preacher we have. I don't know. I put. I feel like I put a lot of pressure on church because. Makes sense. Well, you had really young, carefree mom and dad. I had stupid mom. And you dad. had stupid mom. And dad. <laughs> I grew up early on with very legalistic mom and dad. Yep. And then after that, it was we don't know where we are, mom and dad. Yeah. And so it was at fir- first. I think was nice for me because we didn't have responsibility. Yeah. We weren't in charge of anything. We were just there as members, and that was nice. But then moving on, we were in charge of churches. We had to run things. And I think after that is when I started putting a lot of pressure on it. Because, like, even when I was doing youth, like, yeah, I have fond memories of some of it, but a lot of it I remember being stressed and being worried about what we were doing and figuring out how to do it correctly and stuff like that. Also, I don't like people. <laughs> and so. it, it has to be totally different because we were in such different phases. Well, like you guys talk about, you really enjoy the time you were in youth and you did all these things. The churches I grew up in, I was the youth. Yeah. And that was it. It was just me and a bunch of old people. Yeah, because you were just, were you four or five when we started the school? Uh, I would have been five because I was in kindergarten. Yeah. The first year. That's right. 
That's yeah. right. So, you know. I mean, I don't guess, were you really part of the youth group with us? She was when I was a kid. Mm, barely. Um, I think maybe I got two years with y'all. And yeah. then we went school full time. And so I had other people. Yeah, that changed. Yeah. Well, we did the school and youth for a while. It was for like two years, but it yeah. wasn't very long. It was, and it was different. Our, our focus was... Well, we were just there so much, so it it was, when I was in it, I was in the youth group, but we'd been there all day. Yeah. We just stayed. We were just, the Wednesdays kind of sucked, because we were at school for like 13 hours. Yeah, Yeah, it was a 16-hour day. Yeah, even then I would leave when I could start driving. Yes, we did. But also, I remember nights like that, I, I didn't really hang out with the youth. I would go upstairs. Yeah. Because we had the pool table, we had the PlayStation. I would do stuff like that. I'd do homework, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Would we? Ethan and I have talked about that before. Like we had very different ministry parents. Like I had mm-hmm. youth pastors for parents. Yeah. You guys were just full staff in all kinds of ways. By the time Ethan came around, like it was mm-hmm. just it was it wasn't a more structured. Us. It was. I do. We had to answer to a lot more people. I do have very fond memories. It was your whole, like, that was your whole job. Mm -hmm. I do have very fond memories of first, because I remember, like, we went there and I had met people because we did Upward before we went to first, so I knew people there. Um, And then also I remember, like, we immediately became friends with, like, the head pastor and all of that. And so I remember hanging out with them and going to eat with them. And I had all my buddies that we would hang out with and stuff like that. And so church was nice then. I really liked that. Um, but also, I'm not the type, like, I'm not saying the other times of church were horrible. Like, I wasn't miserable or anything. It's just different. I don't know. And you're, you're still really young. Yeah. I enjoy church now. Yeah, I mean that was. It's the difference between it's the difference between being a PK yeah. in church and being yourself. Yes. Being you now in and, church. And also, I think I was in. I, I was when we got hurt by the church. I was a lot younger than Alex. I was an adult. Yeah, I was a. I was. I was freshly out of high school. Yeah. Um when we really got hurt by the church. And I think that really affected my views and stuff like that. Because I've talked about, I like the church we're at now because I like the worship as the music snob I am. I like it not from a musical standpoint, but from I don't feel manipulated by it. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's how I feel about a lot of church worship. Which the church is you guys were pastoring when I was a kid I didn't feel manipulated by it because we were playing gospel. It was one person on a piano singing out of the red book. Us, like we were doing it. Yeah, that was a very loving church. Where? There were four of them. The red book and the blue book church. Yes, that was. They were very loving. It was very loving people. It was really good people. That um, and see, I don't have experiences with that church because I was college. in college, and at that point, I was coming maybe twice a month. And when I was at school, I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But even then, it was really good people, 
but I was the only person. Oh, it was such a small between the ages of eight and. Well, there was one 40. other person, but they weren't. They weren't there. There all the time. Mm-hmm. They weren't there, um, and Dad was the pastor, and we didn't have a youth. We didn't do anything else, you know. So it's, I don't know, it's hard for me to distinguish church then from just family because we were everything going on there. Mm-hmm. And you were moving from first, which had a big group of kids, yeah. to you were it. So it was entirely different. And you went through a lot more moving around than I did. I, did. I mean, I was 16 when we left that church. So the first 16 years of my life was mm-hmm. at one place with one group of people. Mm-hmm. I was 10. You were moving around between the ages of 10 and 18. 20. Yeah. I mean, there and was a lot. 18 was when we mm-hmm. left. And I think that's what people don't realize. Like, if you look at, like, I know my resume, but especially youth pastor. I mean, at that point, I don't know if the numbers are still the same, but at that point, the the average tenure of a youth pastor was two and a half years. Yeah. Like, it was a, it's a quick turnover. Yeah. Um, which people see that as a... Stepping a, point. A stepping stone. Yeah. yeah. But even in the pastorate, I mean, there's a... For the most part, there's a pretty big turnover. It's a five-year mm-hmm. thing, you know, and, and so... I mean, ours, I think, for a while was like three and a half, four years. I, I will say, while we were at, um, I guess it would have been the church. Uh, it would have been Palestine, the Methodist church we were at. Um, very loving people. Um, I was dating a girl then who went to a Baptist church. Oh, yeah. Her dad was the worship leader. Yep. I really liked their youth group. I would go on Wednesdays mm-hmm. there. Um, their youth pastor was really cool. They weren't a massive group. It was maybe, it was less than 20 of us. Um, but it was really nice just because I really liked him. Um, Is that Jason? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, she's got his own church now, doesn't he? He does. Yep. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, I really liked him because, um, and I've talked about it on here before, I felt... It more advanced than a lot of the kids there and he would level with me mm-hmm. I felt that he really understood where I was at and what I was thinking and everything and I really liked that um, even the church before Palestine Peters Creek there was a small group of kids about your age in that church there was the hard part of, P- of Peter's Creek was we were only there one day a week. It was an hour we away, so far away. We, he spent an hour a week with them. It was and an, that yeah. was it. Yeah, and we like and they did they lived an hour away, so their school experience didn't overlap with his uh, at all. Yeah, and well, and also I remember the grade system was different, so that felt weird because uh, their their like lines for if you were in middle school or elementary school or high school were different. Yeah. Um, and so that was weird, but well, also it was such a small community. It was such a small community, and I like we didn't have a youth group because we weren't there on Wednesdays, um, and it was it was different. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I, I don't know. And I think connecting with those kids was hard because they all grew up together. Yeah, they all right, knew If you ain't other. from them parts, you ain't from Yeah, them like parts. it's yeah. such a well, small community. they didn't reject you as much as you just, you, you just knew. It's well, like showing up at somebody else's family reunion. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, is. <laughs> it, it really is. Everybody that, because, I mean, the town had 325 people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they were all yeah. related. Yeah, and, and another part of that was... Um, was just that it was a very rural town. It's very country, and I'm not. <laughs> it's not. Uh, yeah. I like comic books and theater and music, so that didn't quite fit. Yeah. But and also a lot of there were only a couple of those kids that were consistent. Yeah. A lot of them were hit or miss on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. There were multiple Sundays that it was just me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was. Like, I don't think I've ever thought about the fact that, like, building a community didn't happen for you. I only had first. First was really the only... And that was your, only, like, a year and a half. Who was your... Was that Jan? It was Jan. Was it Jan? It was Jan, and then it was Mom. Yeah, and then it was Mom. Okay. I love Jan. It was only Jan for a little while. How long <laughs> yeah. were we there? Two years? 18 months. Yeah. There you go. I, I it was only that. Jan it for was, a very short amount of time. It was 18 yeah. months. Um, yeah. Because I remember we played bingo. Yeah. Alex was actually in that class. I would come in there, Because when yeah. Alex was home from college, I mean, you were I mean, 18, I, 19? Yeah, I would have been senior year of high school yeah, most so of the time we were there. We didn't do it for very long because that's the church I came up with the worship activity book. Yeah. Yeah, but that yes. was Sunday school. I forgot it about wasn't during I'm the talking service. About Sunday it was yeah. Sunday oh, school. okay. I forgot about the worship activity book, but yeah. Yeah. Now... I, and and like, but how good were those weekends? <laughs> the weekends were good, yeah. Were but it hard. wasn't church. It wasn't. Church. It was us. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, so awesome. We're <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty handy when you like each other. I, you know, when I really liked church, when Alex and I left. <laughs> well, no, like <laughs> leaving it. Yeah, no. When Alex and I left, and we went to a different church every Sunday. We did that for like. Five months. It was maybe. a long time. We and did. I, I loved that. Our our goal was to not go to the same church twice for at least two months. Mm-hmm. We're like, we will not repeat for at least two months. We wanted to try other denominations. And we went to. But how long did that take? It was a good. It six was months. a long time. Was it? Because it was when I started going to this church, Ethan wasn't going with me. I didn't. No, we stopped. We just you stopped landed. going all we together. So you landed here. I've done. I've <laughs> I've landed here twice. Okay. Yeah. There was one point where nobody was going anywhere, and so I. <laughs> somebody asked me a couple like a month ago, why did I pick this church? And I, my honest answer was, it was the biggest church in our town, and right. I knew that I could go and not talk to anybody. And nobody knew me. Nobody knew me. So what I would do is, this was pre-COVID, so they would do the turn around and shake somebody's hand thing and I knew exactly what time they would do it so I would show up late and I would come in after the shake everybody's hand part sneak in during the worship and then sneak out during the last song and not talk to a soul and I think I did that for four or five months which in the middle of that I became a member <laughs> weirdly enough battery? I'm getting close okay out of, on your computer how close are you got 10 percent nine percent We'll finish up. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just finish. But then time. this time around, I landed in a small group first before I started going to the church. I, I just wanted friends. 
And out of this friend group, Ethan started coming. He found a girlfriend. Like, it... Mm-hmm. A lot has happened because of this group this time around, and that made the difference for me. But, no, I mean, I think there was one church that we went to more than once, mm-hmm. and we stopped going because they didn't believe in instruments. We just thought they were, <laughs> we just thought they were new. The riverfront Yeah, thing. we just thought they didn't have any money, yeah. but yeah. they didn't believe in instruments. And we yeah. were like, meh. Yeah, it's not us. Um, but, more power to you, but no. But not the place for a drummer. I'm a drummer. It was probably a good four years between leaving for Ethan, maybe more than that. I mean, so so is there something to be said for small groups? Because because yes. I think about it, even at First Baptist, the best time I had there was the uh, the, the Grudem. Oh, that Grudem study. Well, I wouldn't. Even, we weren't even going there then. Like I yeah. was at another church, yeah. but meeting with these guys at like five thirty in the morning on Fridays, mm-hmm. going through a study together was awesome. Yeah, um, but it was very gritty and mm-hmm. we had guys really there was I think there was like 16 of us that met there was a bunch but we would there were people probably half of the people there didn't actually go to that church yeah and so you would have all these discussions from different backgrounds different perspectives but we all understood that mm-hmm. and and going into it we could just be honest with our struggles and not even our struggles, like just the, the wrestling of the truths. Yeah. And um, that was awesome, which I, I know I thrive in that kind of stuff. I want to geek out in about anything you throw at me. I want to geek out in it. And and that was our geeking time, and I loved it. Um, I mean, I, there are some relationships that grew out of that that, will they're just always there. You know, we don't hang out together, but these are these are guys that, to, to cheapen the word but I call them brothers just in the way of like it's like my brother like we don't have to catch back up we're family yeah. and these are just people that we've <laughs> to, to coin the phrase done life together not really even done life I mean we just wrestled together and yeah. talked an about experience. we talked about hard stuff yeah and, had an and experience. well I think the idea of it the idea of it was we're coming. We're all there coming with questions. Yeah. We all understand that we all have questions. And Todd and Justin, to give it to give those guys credit, two of the, especially Justin, one of the smartest guys I've ever met. He came with, he came not as I'm the smartest guy in the room, but like I'm willing to talk through all of this. Yeah. You know, like, this is not my first rodeo thinking about these questions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, that and was that was awesome. That's something I think I've been missing. Is I, I really want something like that. Because that's why I liked 12 Oaks, the church my girlfriend in the past went to. Because um, Jason would, would answer those questions I had. And I, I think, I've talked with Emily about it. I want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, what I miss. Yeah. And, and that's I want, really I want a discussion. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think a lot of churches have tried so hard to create that. And I don't know. It's got to be organic. It yeah. does. It you have to, to find a group but of people that to, you connect with. It's hard to organize organic. It, it is. is. Oh, organic has to happen. <laughs> it is. And I think, but I think most, you know, a lot of people, I don't know, the society now is so hard because. Everything is hyperbole. 
and and like you're either for us or against us you know mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I think about Yoda a lot but I mean like Yoda is the whole the the Jedi don't deal in absolutes you yeah. know I mean it's like yeah be okay with the questions yeah and church is not good at that right back to my original complaint but having the paid professional that can't have the questions I love that I mean Keller's my boy again one of those guys that is just like like Keller right now has stage 4 pancreatic cancer and I can't even fathom a world without Tim Keller in it (laughs) but but like the way he wrestles with questions everybody knows that Keller is one of the the wisest most intellectual guys in the room but even he at this point will say I don't know yeah and I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. and I think Every time the church has been at that point, every time the church has been at that point in in community or in somebody in the pulpit to say, I don't know, here's the question that I have in the midst of me being the guy that's supposed to have the answers. Yeah. Like, that's just good. And I've seen it done that way. So... Something to be said for small groups, yeah. But only authentic, yeah. You know, I mean, our small group was the church. At that it point. was like the everybody between the ages of twenty five and thirty five was in your small group. The whole no, the whole dang church was a small group because yeah. there was only like no, 30 there was a there. small group within that. Like, what are you was, talking about? I just think it wasn't as small as you. What church? Your the cell group. Oh, yeah. I was that church group biggest time yeah that was that church's biggest time was that time I think we got to 150 there was that there was more than yeah we got people. big this, we got, this was a group of like 15 people yeah 16 because everybody's I mean, married but the crazy yeah. thought is is church in America if it's over 100 people it's not a small church anymore yeah it's nuts because yeah. you think about some are like 2000 in Paducah even, even when I think about yeah. first my favorite time at first was Wednesday when we went for dinner yeah and yeah. you got to sit at the table mm-hmm. before and sit with a little group of people and it would just make connections. People. That's yeah. what I remember is sitting there with, with the Bradys. Yeah. Or the Banks. Yeah. Or um, Steve. The Wayne Scotts. <laughs> You're talking about all the staff people. Glenn. Exactly. <laughs> we were so privileged. That's how we are. Uh, yeah, the Zimmermans. They were the first I'll couple that we them. sat with. We love them. I love, love them. They the go Zimmer. to our church they go to now. Heartland now. <laughs> Do they? I love them. Love them. Yeah. Mike. Mike is such a dude, man. He is. He will. Every now and then, I get a message from him, just random, like maybe once a year. Like, yeah. I remember this. Something you so, said so ten years ago. What the? But the problem here is. We liked church because of the people, and we hated church because of the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. <laughs> I, to be quite candid, it was one church. Yes. No. Well, no. I don't know. For but me. One, mm, one church was the nail in the coffin. One church started it for me. And no, after one that, church it was multiple. finished it for me. <laughs> and honestly, five people. But I do think that the common thread is the people that we loved were real. Well, this is the difference. The people we loved weren't there for that church. 
the people that drove us away were there for that church. No, they were there. I'm for not even. I just think I think some of the best times that you've described were people who were excited about. They were excited about change because they saw the promise of change, and the people that drove us out did not want change. Yeah, you know, and it it's that fear of change, but also that. I have to put on a persona because it's the yeah. same people. The people who fear change also fear the loss of that persona because you've got to be real in order to make things happen. Yeah, you've got to be vulnerable. I mean, so I mean, honestly, if we sit and look in this room right now, there's four of us. Two of us are in church. Two of us are Jeanette and me, and <laughs> that aren't in church. That, that aren't church. That aren't church. And and even within, like, because, I mean, I'm, I, now I'm going to, like, talk to the people who may be listening or may not be listening. <laughs> Everybody's looking at Ethan because the batteries. What is I got, it? I got 7%. We're good. You're good, man. <laughs> um, I got another 20 minutes, man. Heck yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, the minister heart kicks in. But, like, so we've got you two guys that are, you're at the age that we were at when we were at the height Mm -hmm. and we're on the other side and even with me and Jeanette we're in two different places like I think I'm going to speak for you but she's done she's cautious she's she's very trying to stay as comfortable as possible I'm like I know theologically I know that the the church is needed Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm willing to say that I know that I am in a place that I can't trust my emotions in it because I've been wounded. Um, but I, I've got to step past that mm-hmm. and be be willing to say or willing to make the move to take the risk of what I know I need. Yeah. And and step into that um, but I'm scared of that like I'm scared of that point of stepping back in I've done it a couple of times and in two different scenarios one a church that I spoke at a couple of times after I was there for a bit and I love the pastor he's a friend but I I just wasn't in a healthy enough mental state to to be in, in any form of perceived leadership and then in the other, I spoke there too, but it was, I mean, that was fun. But it is, it's got enough conservative in it that my red flags start flying and I'm like, well, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the struggle's real. And I think that there's other people out there that's in that. And I don't know, I just, I just think get it I never got it before but I get it yeah where I am right now is I don't see the need for the church anymore and the definition of church has got to change or it's not going to meet a need because so many people have been driven away and I know that there are a lot of people in the same place that we are because since we've been here we've found out there are a lot of people in the same place that we are um and I don't know what our role is yet. Um, you know, God will just have to reveal that. 
when he chooses. And if he wants that to be a part of the church again, he's going to have to change my heart. Well, and I think one thing that's, if it hasn't started evolving yet for you, it is on its way, is you are also, it's easy for you to get to a place of, I don't see the need for other people. You know? Dad's not that way. Dad thrives on people. You know, and he, and he gets that through work because he works in a very big place. You do not work in a very big place and you like it that way, you know. You're content with our contained unit. And part of, I mean, the reason I got back into church was I hit a point where I was like, I've got to find some friends. Because mm -hmm. I was alone all the time. I was like, I've got to find somebody to talk to that's not us. Somebody that's in, this, in a similar mindset. And so... I am in this church not because it's a church. I am in this church because I found friends. And I don't know if you're there yet. but So everybody's struggling. <laughs> well, and for me to feed off of that, I don't... I'm not positive as to where I am. But I feel the same way. And I think the difference is I have a group of people to wrestle theologically with. And you don't. I don't, and I need it. And you need it. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't need friends. I need consultation almost. You need a small group. I need a small group. Yeah. I, don't, I need outside. With a purpose. I need outside wisdom. You need a group with a purpose. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, too, a common, a common struggle. Yeah. Like, let's get real. We're a tight family. We talk very openly about things. But... You need people that are in the same avenue. Mm -hmm. And we need the people that are in the same avenue. Like for us, Jeanette and I, the, the struggle is going to be, it almost has to be ministry people yeah. that lived it and got hurt by it. And you guys, to that some of that degree, I mean, as much as you know, there's a lot you don't know. Um, but you need people at your age that have your experience that are that are where you are somebody somebody besides us you you know what we think mm -hmm. i mean that's the reality like we're so open in our family like i don't question the fact that you guys know where we land on things and so to ask us questions it's like you probably already know the answer to that question <laughs> yeah. you need people with different experience because yeah, I can give you wisdom as a almost 50-year-old guy. Here's the mistakes I've made, and here's the struggles that I've been through. And But you need a 20, you know, 20-something and 30, almost 30-something, or, well, 30-something. And, and so you need that, that same avenue that, like, this is where I'm at. This is my experience. This is what I've seen. Here's where I've screwed up that I can't give you. Yeah. And, you know. So. And that that's something that took time because I've been going here for... A few years. No, over a year. Yeah. A year Actually, and a yeah. few months um, in this group. And it's, it's taken, you know, maybe four months ago to hit the point of we're talking about life outside of this Bible study. You know, like... I do feel like we we have the practical like 
okay, this is what's going on. I need some feedback. I need some advice on the real stuff, too. Like, not just lofty mm-hmm. ideas, but, like, the nitty-gritty of what's happening now. And that takes time to get to. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what I was looking for when I got back into church. And you guys are at a place that, man, everything I've heard from that, that dude, I mean, as much as I don't want to say you got the paid professional like y'all's paid professional is pretty sharp <laughs> yeah. yeah and oh, he is well, he it's a team model that's a good team it's model. a good team mm-hmm. model. yep those paid professionals well and that's, <laughs> well, and, and like, that's part i'm of, not hating on that yeah Jess. but that's why we're there <laughs> you're good man i mean alex i know yeah we we can read preachers really well yeah and that's why we went to different churches for six months yeah we we this is like authenticity was what we were looking for it was for. very important and it's which know. is why when we landed at churches with multiple pastors we were frustrated yeah <laughs> so i'm so trying to be cautious of people's just feelings just don't i know just, i know i know <laughs> but other people struggle it's difficult. and i'm like I want to share my experience because I know people are struggling. And, God, world is hard right now. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> like, as an overthinker, that's... Yeah. Let's get real. Yep. We're all... Are you an overthinker? I don't know. No. <laughs> Jeanette's probably not an overthinker. She just rolls. As an overthinker... That part's numb. I know. Yeah, Jeanette's medicated. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but as an overthinker and somebody who has been around it my whole life, it's hard. Yep. It's hard. I can't imagine. I don't know. It might be easier. <laughs> the societal changes that are happening without the context of community. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like. I've got, I've got so many different communities right now. I don't really have the church community. I have the professional community. I have my family community. I have just groups of relationships that I've kind of strategically built, or I would say built, just isolated, that I can work through some of that. And... If you don't have those kind of frameworks to go through it, I don't know. Like that would, it would be overwhelming. I think I'm all, like, she's got one community. Yeah. You know, and and like that, that's gotta be scary, and hard for people. No, I don't say that. I think it is because it's gotta be terrifying if you are only hearing one voice and you. You've been trained your whole life to only hear one voice with the plethora of voices out there. I think they may they may argue that it's easier. Yes, absolutely. Because you're only hearing one voice, so you don't know. Yeah, you can underthink it. <laughs> you, yeah. Is that a word? But <laughs> Just listen to the one. You can control what else comes OCD. You can uh, control... That's the thing is you can control. control what you the voice you're getting. Mm-mm. I don't like control. <laughs> well, you we want options. Mm-hmm. I just want to be right. 
I want truth. Yeah. I want truth to be true. <laughs> yeah. And it's not if it's if you've come to your truth easily, you're lazy. I know that's mean. You're, <laughs> you're not as OCD as I am. You haven't thought enough. <laughs> you haven't. You're so stupid. Which is what Keller says. You're so stupid. Think more. Think more. <laughs> yeah, I am not comparing myself to Keller at all. I'm just saying, he does say that in what we're listening to now. Think more. That's a great, what is it? Uh, what's it called? Questioning Christianity. Listen to that. On Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I don't know if it's I, on anything else. I listened to a part of it with Alex the other day, but I'll have to listen to more. It's great. Dude, it is so good. Even if you've been in the church for 57 years, it is good. Or outside, because it's <laughs> designed outside. for outside. It's made for yeah. everybody, yeah. Yeah, so even no if you're not... You're I, would love, I would love to... Ooh, even if to, you're not actively questioning Christianity. I may have to do that. I would love to, to have a group... To listen to that and then talk about and it. talk about it. Yeah, I was. I thought that too. That would be amazing. So I don't, I don't okay, want so we but had a lot to talk about that is did. good with the church when we said we were gonna talk yeah. about this. So is the I church like, good? Nothing. Like so, I can't think of anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeanette Hines, is the church good? There are parts of it, it that has, can be good. Yeah, can be. <laughs> that is my statement. Potential. Because of the room, and this is not an accusation, it is an observation. Of the room, she is the one that has washed her hands. Is well, that, I just is said. That, is that fair? Yes, okay. I just said I don't see the need for church. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it, and I'm in it. Ethan needs more. Ethan needs more. And we've talked, Alex and I have talked What's about more? that. What's more? Digging. A need, guy's group. I need sustenance. He need, I don't need a guy's group. We'll just dig something more. I need I need something more than uh, retention. Right now, Ethan's only going on Sundays. I only go on Sundays. Because, and, and our group on Sundays, I very much enjoy the people. Mm-hmm. And I don't enjoy the guide. <laughs> and Alex and I talk about it every Sunday. He, the the so what we use is one of the pastors writes a discussion guide that goes with the sermon, but they don't differentiate for the ages. So there are a lot of retention questions, comprehension questions, in the midst of open-ended questions, and comprehension questions when like read this passage. What's the answer? It's very obvious. Adults tend to shut down with those. Um, the open-ended, so it gets really awkward. The open-ended questions, you can yeah. use those well, in a way to drive discussion. Like I said earlier, I mean it when I think, when I say I, I want consultation. I, I would love to sit down with the pastor that us three, that we just talked about that we think is very smart. I would love to sit down with him and talk and stuff like that. I want... Kind of like what you had in your book study. Like what Dad had, yes. I want a bunch of very knowledgeable people from different backgrounds of ministry talking about stuff like that. I'm sitting here like, I'm telling you, this has been my favorite podcast so far. (laughs) I know. I agree. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I've been begging for this. This has been my favorite so far. So, one of the things that book study I was talking about is Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. I know, like, I'm like, what percentage are we at now? 
if you'd like, I can just unravel that microphone. And plug yeah, no, right. Did you just pause it? All right, we're going to pause for a second. I'm going to plug in my okay. computer. All right, we're back, and that would have been a perfect time for an ad break if we were monetized. <laughs> so Wayne Grudem. So Wayne Grudem, the the most, um, the one of the greatest times of that group. So again, I want to throw Todd Brady and Justin Wayne Scott. We called him Justin Brain Scott because mm-hmm. this guy, his his forte, like his strength, was church history. Like that guy's even Todd as the pastor of the church. So Todd was the pastor of First Baptist Church. He was a former dean of students at Union University. I don't know what Justin, he worked there. But Justin came from there. Um, but Justin's forte was church history. He was just a, he's just a smart guy. Um, he is now the pastor of like Memphis First Baptist, I think. Um, but super smart guy. Very stoic kind of dude. Loved him. Um, but during this study, there was one um, time that we were talking about old earth versus new earth. So the idea of creation versus evolution. And there was one guy that was a chemist and one guy that was a physicist. Um, and they were on different perspectives. So one believed in the 10,000 plus year uh, creation story mm-hmm. that Adam and Eve, God created in seven days. He believed it. As a scientist, he believed it. And the other was a physicist. I don't remember which was on which end of the perspective. I don't remember. The other was a scientist that believed in old creation that there was a evolutionary creation that happened with the guidance. Both were theologically based. Both were saying God orchestrated this. But one believed that God did it in seven days. One in the Genesis story. The other believed that God orchestrated evolution. So, like, he saw Genesis 1 and 2 as a a God-orchestrated time frame. So evolution happened, but still God. Either Both of them still were at the point of there is a God, mm-hmm. and God orchestrated it, whether it was seven days or over a millennia. And I watched as, I think it was Todd, I know it was Todd, I don't know if, I don't remember Justin as much, but as Todd Brady, as a doctorate student in theology, was just sitting there leaning forward on the table with his head in his hands going, this is amazing. <laughs> Listening to these two scientists talk about it yeah. in a scientific terms. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking at Todd going, like, you're the guy I want to be. You know, theologically, educationally, you've thought about a lot of things that I haven't thought about. And I remember sitting there thinking of these, you know, watching that, and I'm like, this guy's learning right now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the guy that's supposed to have the answers, and he's, he, is, he is getting questions answered that he has had, mm-hmm. and he's, he can't ask. He can't ask. Like, he can't, he can't go to his congregation and say, 
these are the questions I have. And I love that. Like, that, that show was awesome. But that was a time to where I could sit and go, like, this is what the church is about. Yeah. This The church is this, this point to where, I think about your group. Like, we're selling this house. And I'm a, again, I'm a 50-year-old guy. And I don't know how, I can't remember which of your group, the one that works in, with tax. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, wanna, I want you guys to ask the person, like, as I'm selling this house, you know, I'm asking a 20-something-year-old person, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I want to draw from your experience. Yeah. Like, okay, you look at me and I'm like, I'm sold two or three houses. I'm supposed to have the answers. Hey, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to say that. And I'm willing to go, I don't I don't know. I need yeah. your knowledge and I need your experience. And as a guy that spent 20 years in ministry during this time of sociological change, the evolution of our society, I want to look at you guys and I want to look at your friends and go, what do you think? Because mm-hmm. I need to I need to ask better questions. There's something I haven't thought about. And and how do I expand my knowledge, expand my wisdom, expand my my base during this time? Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's the beauty of what church can be. Of a group of people that are going, but have you thought about it this way? Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I want. Yeah, I want a group like that. Yeah. Hey, that that group Dad's talking about, they got together at 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were intentional. I know, 5 oh, a.m. on Fridays. Well, and, and when we were talking about Wayne Scott, I remember, and this talks about the crossover of it, I remember being at the school, which was at the first church, talking about that group, which was at the second church. Really? Yes. Well, there was a little bit of overlap. There, there. was some crossover there. Oh, I was no, we were going because we were so that we left the about, church before we left the school. Yeah. So part of that school I mean, year, was, you were. It was a very long time. It was from we're like October like to eight months. June. Yeah. 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 We're talking like eight months. I like we're leaving. We're going yeah. somewhere else. We're working for this church. Where we're going to this church. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And that's like when you say Wayne Scott, that's what I think of is that moment. I don't actually. I can tell you exactly what we were doing. Alex and I were uh, were shopping on iTunes to download onto your green MP3 player, and you were talking about something Wayne Scott said in that oh. in one of those meetings. I can remember that moment vividly. Yeah. I don't know why. But, but just how the the just crossover. Remembering that group. I remember that crossover there. Yeah. I'm not interested in proving somebody a group wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm interested in finding out truth. Yes. Yeah. One of y'all is probably wrong, and one of you are probably right. And I'm, I know I'm wrong. Let's get real. Like, I know I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So. Or a little bit of both for everybody. I just love the moment of, I have never thought about it that way. 
And I get that as a teacher in a classroom reading a book I've read 15 times of a student saying something, and I'm like, I would never think about Holy it that way. Crap, I never, I, because your life circumstances are different than mine. And I'm like, you can get that from anybody. Context. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Exactly. How huge is context? Mm -hmm. Like, we. Like, so I talked about the old people that I had. I don't want to dominate this, but the old people that I had spent time around that I, I respected and I learned from. And even as I'm getting to be the age that they were when I was asking these questions, I look back and like, they didn't know. Um, we, were, we were rewriting the Constitution or the bylaws of the church that I was at. And again, I don't want to delve into the weeds but we were talking about the qualifications of a deacon and whether or not divorce disqualified mm -hmm. and I can remember sitting there with people that were during a business meeting as we were evaluating that and questioning what our our uh, bylaws were at that point, our bylaws were, if you were divorced, you could not serve. You could not be a deacon, definitely not a pastor. Mm -hmm. um, setting in front of people who were, at that point, probably 70 years old, had been walking with Jesus longer than I'd have been longer, longer than I'd been alive. And I wrote the word read, or read. I wrote R-E-A-D. We, we, this was prior to projection and all of that. I pulled this whiteboard up, whiteboard up and with a marker I wrote R-E-A-D. I was like, what is that word? And some people look at it and go, oh, well, that's read or that's read. And I'm like, so without context, you don't know what that word is. Mm -hmm. And so... And again, I'm not trying to trying to prove anything at this point, but well, I was then, but <laughs> I was younger. So. Uh, but it was it was based off of your presupposition, what you think right now. If you think that divorce disqualifies you, then you're going to see this as read. Mm -hmm. If you think that it means more, so the qualification of the deacon is biblically is husband of more than one wife. So many things hang on that, but uh, so number one, you got to be a man. Number two, <laughs> number two, uh, you can't be married more than once mm -hmm. um, to a person who is still living. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, if you see it in this vein, you see it as red. If you see it in this vein, you see it as read. And I was like, so husband of more than one wife means if your spouse has died, then okay, you're good. Or if you have divorced, you're not. Or polygamy. <laughs> or polygamy. Which, in my argument, was yeah. in the context of the day, yeah. they literally meant yeah. you only have one wife right now. Yeah, at a time. <laughs> at a time. Yeah. And 
And I know how, and I did that in front of, I think, a one person in particular, James, is who I'm thinking of. I'm not going to say his last name. But James is who I thought of. Y'all know who James is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We have two things in our household was given to us by him. <laughs> God loved God. And he literally told me, I've only written, read, read one book in my life is the Bible, <laughs> which for me is like, you don't remember that? Oh, no, he told me I've only read one book in my life, and it was the Bible. And for me, that was like, that explains a lot. <laughs> Not as a critique, but as like, I understand where you're coming from now. Um, but two, you don't understand context. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and as people in community, the beauty that you have is everybody has their own context. The person who grew up like Jeanette and me, who are parents, were literally, I mean, my parents are both still alive. She has lost her dad. But till death do us part. Yeah. Like, in, in, a, in a healthy home, both parents are still together. We knew who, where we were going home to. And, and we always had that foundation. But then you've got people like those, you know, the one who we really struggle with today because of her daughter. Her life is completely different. And as she reads the gospel, she's going to see it different than us. Yeah. And so as you, you, you wrestle with the truth of the word of God, they're going to breed perspective mm-hmm. that you don't have. And, and community does that like nothing else. Mm-hmm. That's like... I love the Bible. That was one of my moments in the last year that was, I think, most... It, it really revealed to me what I needed as far as a you know, Bible study and community because I remember saying to Mom, I have never once in my life questioned the goodness of God as a father because I've yeah. got a good father. Yeah. And I don't know how to contextualize someone who doesn't, who doesn't have a father, who has a crappy father. Like, I don't know how to contextualize that image of God with that life experience because I've never had it. And so being in a mixed group of people, you realize that would be a struggle. Like the things you Mm -hmm. struggle with are not the things I struggle with purely because of something that's not your doing. Just the way the world you were born into is different than the world I was born into. It's not your fault, you like, know. So we can wrestle with that yeah. together because you don't know what it is to look at it this way, and I don't know what it is to look at it that way. Like literally, in my <laughs> mind, your world doesn't exist. Yeah, that is, isn't that crazy? That is not yeah. the world. Isn't that crazy? But man? but also that means not everything can be black and white. Right. Yes. I mean. The church wants it to be black and white, and it is not. It cannot be. That's where the law of love is so freaking hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I know she'll never listen. So my mom has said to me in the past, like, all you modern preachers, she didn't say the word modern, but you young guys, that's all you want to preach is love, 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 love. And it's so easy. No. It's hard. So hard. Like, love your Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
or as I have loved you, love one another. Yeah. Ugh. It's a shorter list. It's so. But it's harder. <laughs> it's not as clean. No, but it, and then and then you think it's it's impossible for us, hmm. but he does. I mean, you know, the gentle and lowly that we're going through. Yeah. He can look at our situation and still look at us with love. He can look at somebody whose life is a complete mess, like shambles, like no mom, dad, whatever, and love. And it's the same love either way. We just, it's a shame that we can't just accept that things are different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, I think one thing, and I, even looking just at how do we love people, like, okay, if, if that's our only job is to love people, you know, so forget everything else and only focus on that. If, even if we agreed on that. Only. Well, yeah. Then, how do we love? Like, does love mean I correct you and you're wrong? Because parental love, part of it is correcting, right? But but then I, I'm judgmental, right? Like, it's, do I love you by accepting who you are? Or do I love you by... Correcting who you are. I mean, think about just the the framework, <laughs> the framework of working through the gospel in cancel culture. Culture. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how in the hell? Do you do, <laughs> like, how do you do that? Yep. I don't have to anymore. Like, yeah. as far as publicly mm-hmm. from the pulpit, right? Like. You are not representative of an organization As of a, people. Yeah. You know, like before, from the pulpit, your your answer represents this group of people, and some people I mean, may not want that I'm to talking represent for, them. I'm talking for a hundred yeah. plus people. Yeah, but you, and now you're talking for you. <laughs> I know what I say for me. It's different. <laughs> it's better. You don't, yeah, because you don't have to play it safe. Care. Yep. <laughs> You know, I think about... I want you and Ethan to talk right now. <laughs> I think about... Well, if you would be quiet, maybe you would. <laughs> This is in my house. <laughs> you are in my house. You just keep drinking your liquid courage over there. I'm so lubricated. <laughs> Dad, Dad and I are feeling good and very warm. <laughs> okay, so... Comfortable. I think about... I don't know if I should say her name or not. But. Use a... When in doubt, don't. Synonym. Bob. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> the girl that we take care of. I think about her. And we know her situation. Hmm? We know everything she's... Well, <laughs> not everything. No, I guarantee no. it. No, we don't know everything. But we know a lot of what she's gone through. Mostly what she's gone through. And if she walked into a church or anywhere for that matter and somebody tried to tell her this is how 
you have to be. Yeah. I would go berserk. Mm. <laughs> because we know. Yeah. And I want to be like, okay, but wait a minute. That's how. Keep going. <laughs> I want to talk. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's how the church is. They want they. I hate to say that because not not everybody is that way, but they want you to come in and they want you to be like this, this, and this, and that's what you got to do. This is how you got to live. But it just can't be that way for everybody. Yeah. It is not simple. Well, and that's when, when, when I talk about Alex and I going to different churches, and and really reading through what pastors and preachers think. I've never felt at the church where I, I've never felt that the head pastor is telling me a certain way to live. I've never felt that he's giving me a bullet list of things. But it's so many other churches, some that I've just went to for a week, some that I have been on staff with, um, that I, I've, I've felt so many times that they are telling me, if you do this, you're not within us. Mm-hmm. You're not part of this. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. It has caused me because because of knowing what we've been through with the church, what we've experienced, it has caused me to be overprotective of myself, of you guys. I want to be overprotective, and I just have to not be. Yeah. But even with her, I'm like, maybe she can just stay in our within us. Mm-hmm. And, and we can teach her so that she doesn't have to deal with all that other baggage that we have to deal with. Yeah. Or that other people have to deal with. Yeah. I mean, there are moments, like, we've, we've been in the church. We've been in a very southern, conservative, very legalistic church. But also, I mean, especially Alex and I, we've been part of very liberal theater and and things like that like I have multiple friends who are married to people of the same gender and and things like that and and it it's one of those things of sometimes I think maybe it'd be easier if I wasn't so aware of these multiple cultures and because of the the restraints ignorance is bliss ignorance is bliss yeah it's it's difficult there are times like I have friends that are not Christians I have some that would consider themselves agnostic some that would consider themselves atheist and I have friends like that that I would be nervous to send them to a church because I know what they're going to preach absolutely absolutely that's yeah exactly and like 
like the the church. Like I keep going back to it, but the the church that Alex and I are at right now, I love the guy who preaches. But there are certain moments with the people we're in a group with, or uh, other moments in that church that I'm like, I'm, I'm nervous as to what they would say. I just had a thought of we're like we're in the Bible Belt. So even if you're not a Christian, you have some experience with the church in some way. And mm-hmm. I wonder what it would be like to find the gospel <clears throat> with no prior experience. You know? Like, mm-hmm. come to the gospel completely fresh. Yeah. The... i got to get my phrasing right. But there's a dichotomy between... The non-churched and the unchurched. Yeah. And I don't remember which was which. No. <laughs> like, so you've got a group that is, I mean, really, Jeanette and me, that are, we've, we've been around the church, I mean, and as deeply embedded as we were, but just in the context of people who have grown up going to church, you've got those that grew up in church has spent their life there that no longer go and those that never went yeah I think I think that's the non the un is those that grew up in it and no longer go and the non is never been there um so you've got people have different mind frames mm-hmm. of it's never been a part of my life, and I've re- <laughs> rejected it. That sounds awful. Um, I've rejected it. Um, yeah, anyway. I just think it would have to change things, because there are people I know around here, and they may have never gone to church, mm-hmm. but it's so prevalent in our culture in the southern United States that they already have an idea of it. So you're going to walk in. I mean, those people are going to walk in hackles raised of, mm-hmm. I'm expecting to be offended. You know? Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Okay, yes. like this. You've hurt, okay? you've hurt me. Yesterday, yeah. we were talking with Granny. Yeah? <laughs> and we were talking about a game. And she said, yes. and just from the name of the game, she said, that thing you said earlier, it's a bad thing. It's bad. Yeah. It is bad. And we asked the question, why? Why? And she yeah, couldn't why? answer it. I said, have you played it? No. Because it's bad. Do you know anything about it? Why is it bad? Yeah. It is. <laughs> and as a person who who previously thought it's a bad thing. Yep. The only context I had was somebody told me. Yeah. The paid professional said, <laughs> this is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. But who has the time and the energy to question all of those because now our world is so small that that all of those things come up. Yeah. I don't have time for that. No. Yeah. I don't have time to think through the word I remember I don't know if the the word implication. I mean that was a Wayne Grudem, Wayne Scott, Todd Brady thing that was introduced to me was if the Bible or whatever says this then 
the implied thought with that is X. Mm -hmm. And so I need to attach all of these thoughts to that. Um, I can remember that happening. Like growing up in a, the Bible says it, thus I believe it. So the Bible says, I can't think of a, a very specific thing, but, you know, a, thus saith the Lord. But a lot of those things that we heard as the Bible says it, or thus saith the Lord, were somebody else's words. Right, right. Yeah, it wasn't even, go ahead. Um, well, something, and I didn't say it last week, I should have, but when we were talking about the, the most recent three chapters of, of Gentle and Lowly, one of the, I think it was chapter nine, he's talking about um, uh, translations. He's talking about the translations and the meanings of the original word. And, I mean, that made me realize, like, I will never be able to just read the Bible and understand it. Because of all these translations and then translations of translations, right. I, like, there's so much to study to really know meaning and, and what was originally intended. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I know. You're the youngest one at the table. You know, you got yeah. more time than we do. <laughs> well, I, my group on Thursdays is going through Romans, and we just go through a chapter at a time and glean as much from it as we can and then move on. And I was reading some commentaries about it, and he talks a lot about baptism. And one of the commentaries said the original Greek, I think it was baptizo or something like that, actually, when, when the Greeks would use it, they were talking about drowning. Like, it was used to describe drowning. Yeah, very much. So thinking about how crazy it would sound for Christ followers to say, yeah, I'm, I'm baptized in whatever his death, I'm baptized in water, they were talking about drowning, you know? Yeah. And that sounds nuts, but yeah. we don't get that context. you're going to die. Yeah, but we don't get that. It's so rich. It's so rich. I have been get it. crucified with Christ, nevertheless yeah. I lived. Yeah. It's, you, you can't ever reach that like you I mean people spend their whole entire life studying the Bible at that level depth and you still don't know everything you so as a guy who's been behind the pulpit and having to market what you're what you're learning mm -hmm. you take Galatians 2:20 and you go, how can I package this in a way that people will get excited about it and run with it? Mm -hmm. Like, so what you were just saying, I've been crucified, so I die. But So now that person, Randy, has died, and now Jesus lives in him. Mm -hmm. And yet... Though I have died, he now lives. What does that look like? And how can I can market that? Yeah. It's it's trouble. And I think like kind of tying back to where we started at the beginning of this podcast, like growing up with teenagers was incredible because you could give them a nugget like that and they would run with it. Oh. Nineties youth group culture was nuts. Because they would. They would like, I'm going to build my whole life around this thing yeah. right here. And I'm going to go to every country <laughs> on the globe and talk about it because I'm so passionate about it. Like, teenagers do that in a way that nobody else can. Yeah. And I grew up with that, like, watching all of them do that. And it, 
it's in my brain. Like, I think I, that's why I get frustrated with church culture now because it's like, if this is true, why aren't you do some, doing something about it? Mm-hmm. Like, if this is the truth, that should dominate everything you're thinking about right now, but all you can talk about is marriage or, you know, like, what should this look like? But it's not important. You're not thinking about eternal things. You're thinking about tithes. Where are the tithes going? You know, and I get frustrated with it. Mm-hmm. You're focused on rules. Yeah. When this is so much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go back to Yoda. <laughs> the great theologian back. Yoda. We're going to start Star Wars, church. It all goes back to Star Wars. <laughs> if there isn't a book called The Theology of Star Wars, there should be. I think we have that book. We should, do we? I think we, we have something like that. We have one that's like comparing it to Roman uh, mythology, I believe. No, I mean, I it's know. very uh, Eastern, which was Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, I mean, just the thought of if this is true or if this is um, right, then how can you question everything else? I'm too way too drunk. Important <laughs> 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 guys. We have lost dad. Yeah. We have lost dad. Water. Jeanette <laughs> just had to me water. Uh, uh, for context, dad and I have two bottles of whiskey on this table, both of which are over 90 proof. Oh, it all hurt. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. So what's what's different? I mean, I guess it's just personality. <laughs> but I don't feel the need to broadcast. Broadcast what? Like, like he said, how do I, <coughs> how do I give this message in a way that will make people excited? Well, that he's talking about when you were in ministry, like you, you have to think through that of you know, I'm, preaching it. I'm a representative of the of the organization. <laughs> so bad, I'm hurting. Guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but. Even now, like now, mm-hmm. I'm. I don't feel that need. Yeah. Anymore. I don't. That's why I think. I don't know where I am or what I'm supposed to be doing because, that used to feel like a passion to me. Like I need, I need to make this. <coughs> malleable for you. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that anymore. I don't feel the responsibility of that. You don't have to. You don't have to. Because when we're talking about church, we're not talking about back into ministry. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just being called. Yeah. She... I don't so, feel that. So she said cold with Quote, ex- quotes. Quotes. Yeah. I don't feel that. Like when we first started, <clears throat> we were excited. You know, yeah. we talked about that before. We were excited to share. And I don't yeah. know if, if I'm not called to that anymore 
or it's been doused with water and the fire's put out, or it's just not my responsibility anymore. Like, maybe it's not my purpose anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that Elijah or is that Jeremiah that talks about the wet wood? You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. No, all I've got is uh, the guy who was like, I'm going to put this fleece out. <laughs> that's Gideon. Oh, that's Gideon. Gideon. Yeah, that's Gideon. I don't know. I just no. know that Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Oh, are you talking about... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a good friend of mine. He was a good friend of mine. Can I just say... This has been the best. This has been the best podcast. We should, we, go, we, we should go two hours from now on. We got to quit because... Oh, I'm struggling. Randy cannot talk anymore. <laughs> Dad and I are both feeling real good I'm right now. I'm struggling. That's okay because I think we've lost any I think point we had. So, well, let's, in closure, I think we've all realized Green River Distillery <laughs> River Distillery is awesome. <laughs> But I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) I think we can all agree that the good of church are the people, community, community. and perspective. Yeah. So the people are awesome, but the people suck. The people are awesome, (laughs) but also the people suck. Yeah, I mean, there's no in between. But the people who suck, you gotta love as much. (laughs) <laughs> so as much as I again the guy behind the the microphone or pulpit whatever like the thing that I look at like the people are the struggle but the word of God is awesome like I love it I really do like digging into and I geek out again I understand I'm like a as much as I like Ethan wears me out because he gets into a passion about something and it becomes his whole existence. <laughs> um, yeah. It's true. <laughs> like, not accusation, just observation. <laughs> but that's a thing that hasn't changed for me. Yeah. As 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 frustrated as I get with the church. Dig it into the Bible. It's awesome. Like, I think it's true. I really do think it's true. And and it and as much as I delve into it and it's the the implications. Thank you, Justin and Todd. The implications of it affects every part of my life. Mm-hmm. I love digging into it with community, yeah. with other people. And 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 their observation of the Bible helps me think about who God is, who He has said He is, and how that implies to my life and those who I love. Like that's the wrestling of that is worth it. Mm-hmm. And church is the place. When done, when done rightly, plays out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Jeanette's shaking her head. The kids are saying I think, okay. I think 
replace the word church with community. And community is where that happens if people are willing to cut the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Jeanette cut, or Alec cut. I'm, seriously, like, the, the people that I struggle with the most over the time that we've been in church are the people who, every time they open their mouth, I'm like, that's BS. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're not talking. The people who taught you are talking. Is it not you, but what what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean the people that we've met that are like they contextualize you as a person because of where you have come from. Yeah, like I, you are a pastor. Talk about Randy. You are a pastor, so I think you think a certain way because of X. No, I'm talking about the people who. When I lay a struggle out before them, or when I laid a struggle out before them, said, well, you just gotta pray more, yeah. cut the bullshit, and give me a real answer, because I know that's not your answer. Yeah. I know that's not it's, what you do. Yeah, it's the people who taught you. It's the people who taught, I guess, people who were in places of yeah. authority. The Romans eight twenty eight. The Jeremiah twenty. Yeah, like 11. you have a little Rolodex of answers that you're going to give me from. And yeah. You're never going to deviate from that because you're scared to wrestle with the real. If you ask the questions, you may come up with a different truth than yeah. what you have grown up with. The people yeah. who are afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah. This has been the best effing <laughs> podcast we have. <laughs> I didn't say it. I, but I think that if you replace the word church with community and it's a community of people who are willing to say I don't know well is that in the Bible is that in the Bible a community of believers (gasps) freaking Jacob I wrestled with God he bruised my hip and he kicked my ass (laughs) God kicked my ass with truth Yeah. Well, and it's like, like the the girl I'm dating right now, she did not grow up in church. What's yeah. her name? And Emily. <laughs> We've already said it. She, I'm, I'm texting her right now. But anyway, <laughs> like she didn't grow up in church, and that was one of the most interesting things when we first started talking. Yeah. Because it's so hard to find people in this area that didn't grow yeah, up in church. Absolutely. And it's so amazing to get their perspective. Like, and I, I want to meet more, like, when I think about, like, asking questions like that, I remember back to the short period when I was in college, <laughs> the very short period, um, <laughs> extremely short, um, I was in a religious, a religion class, yeah, and it was online, and one of the things was every week we would discuss stuff. And I was so disappointed the second week when I found out almost everyone in that class was a Christian. Absolutely, because those are the people that take those classes. I was so disappointed yeah. because I wanted other perspectives. Yeah. Live, laugh, love. Yeah, exactly. I had a lot of people who had God is greater than the ups and downs tattooed on their wrists. Blessed. And yep. Hashtag. Yeah. I'm so, so what we're saying is church is good as when 
when it's we're it. When it's we're it. <laughs> should act more like This us. church is amazing. Your well, church. And, and, and honestly, this whole time I've been thinking, okay, when we reach the end of this podcast, I just want to say, I love this family. <laughs> more churches should have whiskey. More churches. Hey, I have, I have, said, for, I have said for years I wanted a church in a bar. <laughs> we, went to we, went, we went to one. Exactly. We went to I've one. said for years Did I wanted you go a to church on the in beach. a bar. We went to one on the beach. We went to one at uh, Waiter's Catch. We did. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know we need to talk to PBW or Dry Grounds, you know. Oh, they used to have. They a have a preacher's ground. pills named after Sky McCracken, who was <laughs> the district superintendent of the UMC that no longer exists. That yeah, it was awesome. It yeah. was a great time. All right, no, we I just think we're done, y'all. I think we're done. Meeting with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pee. We'll this see is... you next Sunday. <laughs> next Sunday when we're back to. Gentle Lowly. Are we going to name this Are you excited the family that best podcast together? <laughs> the family that drinks together. Yeah, I don't know what this episode is going to be called. We're going to figure something out. I am so wasted. <laughs> hey, we still got a lot in these two bottles. We need to finish this. All right. No. <laughs> Chapters 12, 13, 14 next 12, week. 12, 13, 14. I've read 12, then. and I have no idea. We will see you we then. We will see you then. I hope you... Thank you for hanging on. I hope you love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>